da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Hello and welcome, everyone around the world, in the U.S. and overseas and everywhere in between, tonight and today to the Mad About Movies podcast again for another week of fun with Kent, Brian, and Richard. Hey guys. So much fun. Oh, just a fun overload. So much on the docket tonight. So much to get to. This is one of the funnest nights that I've uh, we've had planned on the show. Ever. So we thought last Ever. night was fun, Brian, talking Star Wars mm-hmm. for 40 minutes. Yeah. What could be Always funner? fun. Tonight. Tonight will be. Uh, and poker today. movies, typically. Yeah. Po- poker. Funner. Sorkin. Chastain. <laughs> we got a special Michael guest. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. We got a special guest joining us uh, for our review of Molly's Game tonight. Excited yeah. about that. I love, also, love adding guys, more another opinion into the, the fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. FY. Is I I do need to take <laughs> off a little bit early tonight because I am camping for Fifty Shades. Oh, okay, so, okay, cool, yeah, understandable. So I'll, I'll, I might just cut out a little bit early because we're recording kind of late. Yeah, okay, make sure I get there yeah. forty eight hours. Yeah, understand. Yeah. No, completely fine. Completely understand. Um, I'm excited. Thanks about for the that. reminder that I need to do my tweet of the night. Thanks, appreciate <laughs> it. No problem. That, whoever's been doing that bit, by the way, on our it's, at Mad About Movies yeah. on Twitter. If you want to follow us over there, thank you. Um, somebody has been tweeting every single day, only for like 70 <laughs> days now. Only 70 days until no more Fifty Shades. Only 59 days till more. Getting close. Just, getting close. You know, it's like. That it's is a dumb a good bit, bit, but it makes me laugh. How many so more I, days are I we just down? Kept it going. Yeah. <laughs> How many more days? Uh, we we got two more days. Two, two more days, and then it's in theaters, and so trailers, and then only two more over. months of promoting it after that, after it's out. Uh-huh. So yeah, that'll we'll be. See. It's only. Yeah. Can't wait. Not if I have anything to say about it. Right. We'll see. Until the spinoff trilogy, which I'm personally, that's when it really for the for the true fans, they know that's where it really gets good. Is when uh when the spinoff fan fiction starts. <laughs> I'm uh we can say that for another day. This the fifty shades combo. But um a lot to get to tonight. Uh, a lot of movie news to talk about, some shout outs to give. Brian, believe it or not, uh less than twelve hours I guess twelve hours ago around when we uh posted our last Star Wars conversation, uh <laughs> there's more Star Wars news to talk about. Breaking. Just keeps uh, on coming. Yeah. It is good times in the movie world. Uh Right now, and speaking of right now, uh, we're in the VIP. Uh, the VIP, the, the party never stops here in the VIP. Uh, we never leave. We actually record our main feed episodes in the VIP. Little inside baseball. Well, the VIPs know that, but uh, um, so we're excited to uh, to be with the main feed for three episodes this week: Star Wars and yes. this, and we are releasing an episode talking about the wedding singer uh, in honor of Valentine's Day. So look for that later. But speaking of yeah. VIPs. We got some shout outs to give, Bri. Over over there on stage two, Brian Gill, take it over. (laughs) All right, shout outs this week for our VIPs. We are slowly catching up on uh, everyone who has pledged their donation over there and is a part of our our family now. Uh, So here we go. So big, big thank you to Taylor Aiken, Adarsh Anamanini. I really think I got that one right. I think I did. So let me know. Uh, Joe Banyard, Raymond Cummings. Ross Eller, Adam Johnson, Elliot Lukasic, Michael Pacino. Yo, Mike. Yo, Mike. Rachel Suave, 
I know, Adam Rachel. Sheridan, mm-hmm. Ross Slocum, and Matthew Maurice, which is a great name. I like Matthew Maurice. I always want to end Floss. on a high. That's my apologies to all the others. That's my favorite name. Some strong the, names. The Rachel names Rachel Suave is a great name, too. Yes, I, I also a great one. name. She's... That is uh, Rachel Tim, Tim Fisher's. Uh, if you remember, remember Tim, song. yeah, that's very good. If you remember Tim from, I believe, Blade Runner twenty forty nine episode, who recorded yeah. with us in his car. That's his sister, Rachel. She's coming on. Later oh, what's here. up? Yeah, we know her. Yeah, so, good times. It's a man fair. It's a man fan. fan. They are literally man fam. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you to all those VIPs, and if you still haven't heard your name called, or if you're new and haven't had a chance to get your name called, it will happen, I promise. Well, uh, a lot has gone on over the past uh, five to seven days in the movie industry, and so here for Movie News Rumors Rumblings, we need to catch up on some stuff. Uh, a couple days ago was the Super Bowl, and so there's a few trailers that debuted, the first of those being the solo a Star Wars story uh, trailer, which we did an episode on, so check that out. But Richard was not on that episode, but I'm guessing he right. did see the trailer. So uh, we need to take this time for him to catch up on that and uh, give us your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, uh, you no, know, it was good. I I didn't know Amelia Clark was in it. I didn't know hardly anything about this other than Donald Glover was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. know how. I don't know why. I kind of when the trailer started, like it's something that like I think about a lot, but I haven't done like the Google deep dive for whatever reason. And then I don't really listen when you guys talk on the show. I just plan my next yeah. witticism. Yep. And so <laughs> and I knew out. what he was. In. I don't know. I just didn't know. I had a very open mind to it, other than like the production issues. But uh, aesthetically, it looked incredible. I mean, it's really beautiful looking, at least uh, in trailer form. And uh, I don't know. If you credit that to Ron Howard or production design or the or uh, the other two directors whose names are escaping me right now, <laughs> Lord Sorry. and Miller, yeah, Lord, Lord and Miller, Miller. Uh, yeah, Lord and Miller, and so uh, you know, but that it looks it looks like ser- just the look is is great. Um, it was hard to get a read for on on Eichel Gork or whatever his name is. I'm real, I'm an old man right now. <laughs> I've it. had a that's long it, weekend. That's it exactly. Actually, I've had no. I had family in town all weekend. We had a great time, but my brain I'm operating at about thirteen <laughs> percent. So, uh, so, but I I you know he he I don't have a feeling for him either way. Like you know what I mean. That trailer doesn't really mm-hmm. who, who plays like, Han Solo. Uh, by the way, who's your right? He's the lead. Yeah. He it's almost like you know Bill Belichick letting you watch him practice like i have no feel for anything that <laughs> could potentially happen in the game you know I, they were it was like very strategically shot uh edited which i liked um but yeah it looks fun it looks like they're assembling a team so i'm excited for mm-hmm. kane and uh <laughs> the big show Tug speedman yeah yeah, Tug Speedman. Tug. tug. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Vernon Freedom. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited for them to to see how they work in the in the in that universe. So yeah, no, I yeah, I look, I I think it wouldn't surprise me if this is the best Star Wars movie yet. It really wouldn't, just because it could be it's such a fun origin story and such a fun character. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if this is like prequel level bad. I, I still the trailer, <laughs> though a good trailer, does not yeah. make me feel either way about the movie 
it, does that make sense? Like, I don't really, yeah, that yeah, hasn't really yeah, affected my thing, but I'm totally open. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Think about uh, where we were with Rogue One, right? The, people were on board with the the scenario or the plot of Rogue One. Um, they were somewhat on board with the director, didn't know too much about him, uh, which we didn't know much about Lord and Miller other than, you know, the animated stuff that they had done. And the people involved, uh, you got basically nothing out of the two leads of Rogue One, when you think about it. Diego Luna and uh, the other lead, yeah. what's her name? Uh, Felicity, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. That I know. I, I, got, that. I confuse her with Dakota Johnson all the time. I don't know why. Just yeah. their names confuse me. Um, you got nothing out of both of them. And that, and that movie was still pretty highly regarded or had generally mm-hmm, positive sure. reviews. At least I have a generally positive sense of Rogue One when I yeah. go back and think I about like it. I like Rogue One. So, I mean, yeah. if you get anything from the leads here... And it's Star Wars aesthetically and gives us the thrills that we seek and has follows the template of, oh, we need a sidekick droid that has an attitude to introduce. It looks, looks like they're having that with Lando's uh, sidekick droid. And, you know, just give us some funner moments with Woody Harrelson here and there and Chewie's involved. Like, yeah, the, I, I'm, I have a more positive thought. Um going into this maybe but i'm i'm it's a hard sell on the premise i think rogue one was an easy sell on the premise this is the hard sell on the premise uh brian uh you were gonna chime in there no uh, i gave all my thoughts last night you it's yeah. yeah i am excited about the movie i think if it's a b plus it's a win maybe even a b you know that it's a win it looks fun i i will say i think something that i didn't mention last night on the show but kind of hit me uh later today talking with one of our listeners was that it i like you're you're spot on richard you don't get a just a great uh real look at what uh alden is doing as han solo you you know she's got little brief glimpses here and there but what they did do is give a a lot of looks at all the supporting characters and that's what will ultimately make this movie like despite the fact that it is called solo a star wars story i think this movie Hits yeah. or misses based on Lando, Chewbacca, Kira, right. uh, Woody Harrelson I, on down I, the line. I with the I'll add I'll add a small caveat to that. Unless he's like an F unless he's minus. terrible, yeah, yeah, totally. Sure. If he's a C, it's gonna be fine. Like all he mm-hmm. has to do is be okay, and if the right. supporting cast is great, it'll be fine. He, but I do think if he's really really Agreed. bad, yes. then it will kill yes. it, no matter how good I, they are. Agree. Assuming that he's not just a complete mess, then then the movie is is made on on those other characters. I think. I, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I'm pumped for the reveal of Woody's twin, though. Halfway through, <laughs> twice the Harrelson. Yeah, twice. A lot of people in masks, you know. So that's there's a lot of opportunities for a Woody twin to pop up. Who would have so. thought that Han Solo's origin was in the eye? And he just carousel <laughs> rode his way across the galaxy far, far away. Um, <laughs> uh, man, uh, so much Star Wars to talk about. We were just talking last night as well, Greedo Brian. threw the card first. <laughs> he did. We, uh, <laughs> we were talking last night about our desire for Star Wars beyond the trilogy that's going on currently with Rey and Kylo Ren and mm-hmm. the uh, side trilogies of let's pick star, uh, stories from the original trilogy and expand a universe or whatever that we want to explore for these Star Wars stories. Um, we, we have, we feel like there's a lot more to do and apparently so does Star Wars because today they announced a new trilogy of films that is not connected to Skywalker in any way, they say, and it's not connected to 
Ryan Johnson's trilogy in any way, the one that he's going to continue uh, for episodes 11, 12, and 13. I guess it'll be uh, at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, so that's that's kind of what that's kind of what uh, where we are, and the people that they have picked uh, should be familiar to the Mam Fam. Yeah. David uh, Benioff and D.B. Weiss of the creators of Game of Thrones. So they will helm some sort of trilogy of films or series of films uh, based entirely on their creation. And assuming it's going to be connected, maybe have some similar planets or similar species and things like that. But it's not going to be the story of Luke Skywalker and his lineage and family and friends and all that or Ray or Kylo or any of that. So. Very exciting times. Uh, I'm under the impression that I really think Star Wars could do great stuff on TV, on a long-form television show, a la Star Trek, that <laughs> um, they could really, really show the depths of the, the Star Wars universe that way, which they have yet to do other than with animation. So to me, the ultimate play would have been for them to hire the Game of Thrones guys to produce a TV show uh, similar to Game of Thrones, that's going to be on a Disney exclusive app or something, or Star Wars app. Or that, sure. To me, that would have made me way more excited than, oh, another trilogy of films. Because to me, this is just like, um, they're going to double dip every year at this point. Two Star Wars films a year. I don't know if that that's even going to fatigue me, who's an ultimate <laughs> Star Wars fan. So that would have made me more excited is an announcement of a TV show developed by these guys rather than a series of films. But hey, it's a step in the right direction and, and very excited for this news. Uh, and the the possibility of some untold stories being told. Yeah. That's really cool. What are your thoughts, Brian? Yeah, I'm stoked. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's already been some, because of the news cycle life that we live in, there's already been some backlash against it. I, I think this is, uh, look, I, I'm a, Game of Thrones is great. There, you know, there's bits and pieces here that aren't the best, but overall, what they have done with Game of Thrones is unbelievable. Like, even if you don't like Game of Thrones, you don't watch Game of Thrones, you have, I think you have to respect the, um, just the undertaking that it, that they have taken and turned in this, like, huge thing that is culturally relevant, massively culturally relevant, and... It's crazy. Uh, and, it's and such yes, a niche part of sci-fi. Yes, like, exactly. Like it's medieval it's warfare, so, yeah. It is. It's so fantasy. Like Sarah's so. friends, Sarah's yes. friends watch Game of Thrones is, like, always bizarre to me. I yes, obviously absolutely. don't because of woods. <laughs> the woods. But, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of woods. <laughs> so, way too... Yeah. Yeah, so clearly they want to go in a with this trilogy. I, I mean, maybe I'm assuming too much, but but it seems pretty clear to me they want to go in a uh, a mythology driven sort of way with this trilogy. That you're going to get some really deep. I think you're, you we can expect some uh, some big world building, and you want. I, I mean, if you're going to do that trilogy, then you I think you want Benioff and Weiss. Like you want the guys who have yeah. taken. This series of books that are unfilmable, they, they there's no way that those books should ever work on screen in a way that also um, respects the the source material. Does that make sense? I don't know if you, yeah. either of you guys. I don't think you guys have ever ever written read those. Goodness gracious, read those books. They're really really uh, dense and and kind of tough to get through at times. And to make a series that is both. Um, respectful of that source material, but also is extremely watchable for for eight years or whatever. That's it's unreal. So if you're going to do that kind of story with a new Star Wars trilogy, 
I think you absolutely that would be my first call. Like I want to get those those guys on the phone and see what we can come up with. I just I'm excited for I think they're just the best to take on this particular mm-hmm. uh task. I think so too. Richard, any yeah. uh, thoughts on this? Did you hear about this yeah, today? Yeah, I mean <laughs> couple things first off uh david benioff has a book called city of thieves that they used to force us to recommend it at borders but it's actually kind of a cool book he was an interesting novelist uh before game of thrones so if you're ever looking for kind of a, something to read that's kind of cool and he's married to a friend of the show amanda pete so <laughs> oh. hey, for those og man fam members, that is random uh that yeah no I, I i think this is great um yeah i think this is uh, a really interesting addition. They obviously, like Brian said, to echo, you know, they know how to make sort of dense sci-fi uh, accessible and, and thrilling uh, mm-hmm. and exhilarating to people. And that's what you want. Because if you just keep doing the same kind of dark versus light stories over and over again, you're right, Ken, I think there will be some fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, the backlash is weird. I mean, I think uh, Ava DuVernay, I can't say names. Duvernay. How do I say it? DuVernay. DuVernay. There we go. She should uh she should open up a consulting business or a where she says, Okay, movie studios. Anytime any property is announced, you hire me as the director. I will stay on for three weeks and then I will choose to leave. <laughs> You'll pay me four million dollars yeah. and then no one will get mad. I'll come out and be like, you know, it just didn't work out. I kind of just didn't care for the material, but then you'll get the good PR of hiring the the strong woman of color. And then that way you don't have to deal with all the backlash when you inevitably yeah. hire two white guys that, you know what I mean? Like that would be a nice little niche business for her on the side. And she could like fund some really yeah. cool projects, I think, well, for what she's actually into. Like, uh, I just, I, I think, what's, uh, the, what's that, the, the, backlash? the backlash? Is that there's two, no, it's, it's, it's two it's white all, guys? Of course. Yeah, two white guys. The president of Lucasfilm is a woman. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, know. The one that it's, made the decision is a woman. So I don't, what? The, I don't know. I it's it is. It's very it's, <laughs> it's hard. Laughable, it, and I don't and I don't want it to get too I don't want to anyway, but it, it yes, it's it's super frustrating because it's it's like the names that I saw thrown around, I don't yeah, know. There were like, multiple why not, tweets. There were why, like, not why is Patty it Ryan Coogler? Yeah. Why is yeah. it Patty Jenkins? Why isn't it Avery Duvernay? And I'm like and literally <laughs> I don't know. That one tweet in particular that was making the rounds this afternoon it suggested six directors. Three of them are currently working for Disney. So it, it's just it was really hard to take that as like <laughs> I don't know anything more than just being outraged right. about something. So, and but Benioff just- and Wise kind of have like there's a little bit of I guess bad PR following them around based on you know they were going to do that Confederate. Uh, TV show for HBO that kind of got scrapped because of backlash and whatnot. So it's it's I don't know. It's if, it's just sometimes yeah. it gets hard to navigate. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm I'm there. Yeah. I'm with. I'm here. I'm for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for diversity hires and feminine. All of these things. I'm there. I want these things too. I just man. It's sometimes this is the type where it's like this is. It's a little bit hard to to get around. It just feels like there's there is no way to not be outraged at times. But you know yeah. anyway. If if Black Panther does what they say it's going to do, oh my gosh, um, yeah, critically and commercially, right. uh, they're going to want Ryan Coogler to be in the Black Panther yeah. business. I'm sure they're going to sign him on for that trilogy. Same thing, just what they did with Patty Jenkins when Wonder Woman worked out. They're like, okay, all right, well, you're going to do another one of these, and then probably mm-hmm. the next Justice League and whatever, you know. Um, 
And Ava DuVernay, if Wrinkle in Time is a great big success, there's still one standalone Star Wars movie that is kind of announced, but they don't have any title or directors or anything. Uh, that's kind of an untitled mm-hmm, standalone mm-hmm. movie that they have not officially announced. So, I mean, there's a chance that somebody could fill that role of the uh, the one standalone, in which they could explore something else um, that's not a part of something uh, that they've announced. But Brian, I think it's like exactly what you said. When you're talking world building, when you're talking mythology, uh, I don't think there's anyone better than them. And so I will read the quote from the press release from Mrs. Kathleen Kennedy, uh, president of Lucasfilm, who said, quote, huge sexist, (laughs) quote, quote, David and Dan are some of the best storytellers working today. Their command of complex characters, depth of story and richest of mythology will break new ground and boldly push star Wars in ways I find incredibly exciting. Close quote. And then they quote, and say, uh, in the summer of 77, we traveled to a galaxy far, far away, and we've been dreaming of it ever since. We are honored by the opportunity, a little terrified by the responsibility, but so excited to get started as soon as the final season of Game of Thrones is complete. So this will not start until Game of Thrones is done, which is not going to be anytime soon. Uh, it's it's going to be the next two years, at least, that they're going to be wrapping that up, or I, I'm assuming. Hey, so, hey, yeah. Can can you read the Kathleen Kennedy um, end of that statement one more time? The end of the statement: Their yeah. command of complex characters, depth of story, and richness of mythology will break new ground and push Star Wars in ways I find incredibly exciting. It was weird. She added, "For now." At the end of that, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> for, for now, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I get kind of moody. It is so and... funny. Um, the man, just the control of Star Wars, just the the press releases and the photo shoots and all the oh, we're gonna do our table read and then there's gonna R two D two is gonna be in the corner. You know, like just the how everything's great in Star Wars land all the time. I'm sure it's not like that. And Warden Miller can probably write a very very successful book uh, to the contrary. But uh, it is very funny to see. The timing of it all. I mean, why did they renounce this today? The solo trailer just came out yesterday. <laughs> they could have. Re- I mean, why not? Why not announce this next month or in two months if it's not coming out for five? It's just maybe, very. Maybe, maybe that's why the fatigue is. That trailer like, to be worse. I don't know. Yeah. You can always hold a press release. You don't have to. I don't. Know. I think Iger was doing some. It was a shareholders bid. Oh, was I it? think was was part of it. He there was maybe some some kind of uh, you know financial stock market business okay. that I don't understand. So I, I think he, he they needed to announce it to up the value yeah. of the company. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, they, they need something to go right for them once in a while. I mean, <laughs> it'd be in the dumps this long, but very exciting times in star Wars land. And uh, that shocked me just coming across the, uh, the ticker today was, mm-hmm. uh, was that that was crazy. All right. Uh, some other trailers that debuted, was uh one of them was Mission Impossible Fallout. So I was shocked to he- not hear uh so light 'em up 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 light 'em up <laughs> up on the on the trailer. I thought for sure that was gonna happen. Um so the next Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise Tom Cruising and jumping out of planes and choppers and flying across vehicle roofs and whatever, getting hit by cars. Uh, that's what it was. Plus Henry Cavill with the uh, the long-rumored mustache. <laughs> we finally get to see 
what all the fuss was about. It'd be and it's great. So petty and great if they now digitally removed the mustache, <laughs> just like uh, that would be it great. didn't. You know what? It didn't work. They get into a well. Hitler stash, uh, or he just shaves <laughs> it off after the first scene. <laughs> yeah. like, we did some reshoots. Wow, <laughs> unbelievable. So, what did you guys think? Can't wait, man. I'm here for all things cruise, as we know. So that looked that looked great. I'm here for all things Ethan Hunt. I don't know if I'm here yeah. for all things no, cruise. I'm, I'm, I love I'm here for all things movies. cruise that are not the mummy. Let's let's do it. Okay. Good. Richard, did you see it? Yeah, I mean it's it looks exactly like the last I mean it's it's Tom Cruise jumping off buildings and stuff. So <laughs> Simon Pegg's still involved. Alec Baldwin's still involved, so that's good. Good yeah. times. And there, Ferguson's great too. Oh yeah, yeah. Is uh, what's his name? Uh, Macquarie back uh, directing Christopher? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's like. Yeah. I've I was really impressed with Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. So Ghost Protocol is incredible. Like that's yeah. that truly is one of the best action movies of the yep. you know of the century. <laughs> so it's great. That is true. It's the the small century that we're currently in. <laughs> Uh, another trailer that debuted, speaking of just jumping off buildings and stuff, uh, Dwayne Johnson starring in Skyscraper, which <laughs> drops this summer. It's a movie about a skyscraper blowing up or something or being attacked in some way. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's It's blowing they up. Said they're gonna, rock, they said so. they will have a plot by summer, but the movie's <laughs> shot. Yeah. So yeah. they're excited. We know it. he only has one leg. So that's that's the They're thing. really exci- gotta, excited to see the plot it. come together in the editing room. <laughs> really excited about it. The possibility. Uh, it's set in Hong Kong. So that is a smart, clear, we're going to yeah. release this in China and it's going to be the biggest grossing movie of all time in China starring The Rock. And we're going to spin this off into five movies. And uh, that's going to be more of the rock so good good to see yeah. something good go the rocks away uh yeah for sure for Do you guys change. see who the director on this is no his name is rawson marshall thurber which is either the best name or the worst name there's no in between i'm i'm not sure which <laughs> uh he's the director of dodgeball so i don't know that just <laughs> oh struck God. me as as strange what's the last so thing he did i'm excited i'm excited for uh <laughs> I'm excited for the the guy in the wheelchair to show up and start chucking. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge anything. <laughs> rip, rip, torn. Yeah, yeah. American treasure, rip, torn. Um, <laughs> what what else has he directed since Dodgeball? Uh, you know, we're he the Miller Central Intelligence dude. Yeah, Central oh, Intelligence that's what it, that's what it's so, connection you know, right there. Yeah, yep. not not a lot of great, but uh, you look. Let's, we got if we got to take what we can get. So, uh, skyscraper looks. Like a movie that is not going to be good, but we are definitely going to watch and enjoy watching, if that makes sense. It could be a fun hate watch, yeah. Or just The Rock. I mean, yeah, The Rock seems the to rock. surprise us. We would have said he that does. about Jumanji last year at this time. Mm-hmm. Going to be a fun hate watch, but ended up being a lot better than anyone expected. Yeah. Nev so Campbell you know. on the comeback trail as well. It's kind of that strange. is so random. Yeah. No, Never would have thought I remember we him, I remember him uh, yeah. posting that on his Instagram, like, so excited to have Nev on board. She was our number one choice. I was like, "Are you serious, Nev Campbell from Scream?" <laughs> like, what? Wow, uh, good. Uh, hadn't haven't thought about her in at yeah. least six years, seven, Apparently maybe she's seven. On House of Cards that yeah. I've not seen. Yeah, I haven't watched that in six terrible. years, so yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so I, those are the only trailers that I remember. Was the Star Wars one skyscraper? 
and, uh, and that, that one. Australian Tourism one, which I thought was a real movie and was kind of all in on. I was like, this looks really bad, but I'm definitely going to enjoy this Oh, movie. so it was really <laughs> like, a... I, seriously, I had no idea. It totally worked on me. Was it really a, a bit? I thought it was a real yeah. movie. No, no it's, it's a... a commercial for Australian Tourism. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it worked. You know, no one ever wants to go to Australia. You know, that's as I've always said. Just the... <laughs> Nobody likes pristine beaches and incredible cityscape. No, nobody, nobody's really excited about Australia, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, their people are all jerks too. <laughs> yeah, we we have so many Australian listeners, which I love. That it's so it's my one of my favorite things about Mad About Movies is that Aussies love us, and we love Aussies too. By the way, we should be very upfront about that. I I don't know. I think this might be a movie, Dundee. Are you sure? No, it's, it's no, not. It's, it was it's all tourism, all man. the bio marketing was fake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, like they yeah. released real trailers and stuff, though. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah. not real. Oh, and so there's somebody's gonna be like really mad about that <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Somebody what? already started camping out. Just mm, it's tough. It's <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Yeah, like they were leaking because I remember like seeing stuff about it months ago that it was. I was like, really, Danny McBride? Okay. I mean, they really did. They played it up perfectly for months, and then. <laughs> Well done. Good job, Aussies. Strong. That's so Strong random. Move. For for one Super Bowl commercial, they yeah. all that. Yeah. I got, hey, Australia, all man. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. it, it was kind of fishy that Chris Hemsworth signed on for it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Crocodile Dundee. Like, if right. he's going to do it, he's going to be right. Dundee. Right. Very, Which, very kind of weird. That's uh, not the worst idea we've ever had. <laughs> I know. This seems worth this Crocodile Dundee reboot. I'm, not, I'm just saying. Maybe they were testing the waters. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> so I'm to in. speak. I mean, that maybe. would be a great. That would be a great Warren Miller movie. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's pitch that. I like that idea. Uh, did we talk about Jurassic World? That was an, oh. also a Super Bowl commercial. I don't, oh yeah. Speaking of uh, the skyscraper <laughs> commercial, though, uh, trailer. Oh, uh, slow down pop song acapella. Yes. Oh, yeah, it was uh-huh. uh, "Won't Back Down" by Tom Petty. Wow, timely. Yeah. Very, you very. That'll be a big player this year in trailers. Yeah. No, we got to stop with this. Yeah, we got to stop. Lana Del Rey every song that we can and putting them into movie trailers. Um, it's my last observation. No, I did not, Brian. Oh, well, we did not see the Jurassic World one. It's, it's the uh, same one we oh, okay, saw, good. right? Isn't it? Well, let's move on. I think there was some new stuff in there, but regardless, it's it it's the matter. same. Is the island blowing up again? Of course. Yeah. There's a rolling hamster wheel ball thing. Uh, I, I bet that the island's going to blow up and twi- twist at the end. There was another island the whole time. There's actually, <laughs> actually another place that they can go to. Yeah. You know, this one does seem like, and I don't think it's going to end up being this way, but it did make me think maybe that's where we go with this if we want to keep this ball rolling. It does seem to have a little bit more of like a scarier edge to it or horror, some horror movie yeah. roots. And maybe that's what you should just be doing from this point on is just kind of go full in on making these uh, like actually scary movies because we're apparently we're not going to get. Like well written plots and such, so maybe just I don't know, just go for it, just go all all in. I would be down for that. They just started making rated R Jurassic Park movies instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I'd I'd be all in. Okay, 
That's it for movie news, rumors, rumbling, slash trailer roundup. Let's welcome in our guest and discuss Molly's game. Can't stop thinking about Just can't figure her out Kill myself thinking about My Molly Connolly. Welcome back on Mammoth of Fam. It is ya boy. Richard here. I am joined uh, for, for a little review of Molly's Game with Brian and Kent and Josh. Josh is a VIP listener of the show. Welcome to the show, Josh. Schwaki, did I do it? You you nailed it, sir. Oh, there is no pro. practice at all. And you it. I'm very impressed with that. that. That's a pro, guys. That's called broadcasting. <laughs> Absolute pleasure to be on here with you guys tonight. Josh, are well, you, are you uh, in the radio business yourself? You got quite a voice for radio over yeah, there. Uh, you got the, uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. oh, this old thing? Oh, this yeah. Dulcet tone. <laughs> mm, uh, no. I had the face for radio, but that's all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> same. 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 Well, yeah. well we have three Not me. No, Brian's gorgeous. We don't talk about that enough. Just <laughs> he how, is. It's like a, he's, he's like a so, model. Yeah, it's, it's everything symmetrical. Oh, um, you guys. Do you do hand and face modeling or just face modeling? <laughs> Everything. Well, mostly jort modeling. He's the number yeah. one jorts model. Besides John Cena. I've seen yeah. a couple episodes. Are you on a couple of Florida Georgia Line videos or no? <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about that part yeah. of the modeling. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta get that money sometimes, <laughs> yeah. though. Gotta get that money. Uncredited. Yeah. yeah. The cup got the me check. a gig. <laughs> so, so Josh is joining us uh, from the VIP ma'am fam uh but obviously for those of you who listen to us with shows uh guests in the past we have a we have a quick survey for you josh and there are no wrong answers but yes there are question number one lower the lights and play the uh uh pony wants to be a millionaire yeah it both yeah just play pony but also then who wants to be a millionaire (laughs) regis on the podcast that's that's he's got to have a big retainer regis yeah, he's no, not doing have, much right now, so it's cool. Yeah, we have Regis, but then he mostly just because he wants to hang out with genuine. Uh, question number one: Have you seen? Now you see me. That's a very interesting question. I have a very interesting answer That's to that. Yes or no? We'll be the I judges don't know. Really yeah, really yeah I don't know yes why you're no. stalling, Josh. Seen a screening of it today no. because run here where I live, I founded a cinema club. And Tuesdays are now you see me days. Wednesdays we do Ghostbusters. <laughs> 2016. Thursdays, and then Fridays we like to slide into the weekends with an Adam Sandler uh, tilt. So we do Pixels on Fridays. We Saturdays we do Ridiculous Six, mm. and Sunday we do everyone's favorite movie, Blended. Well, wow. right now, wow. yeah, right now, wow, right now, right now, yeah. right now it's my favorite. It, it, it could change. Yeah, take it all. Wow, what's so, up? So yes, we have. And it's an abysmal, heart-wrenching, terrible movie. (laughs) Heart-wrenching? Wow. Heart-wrenching because there are good actors in there, and they're wasting their time in it. That's why it's (laughs) heart-wrenching. Yeah. Pretty sure they don't know they were there. Yeah. There's no way Morgan Freeman knows he was there. He 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 does not recall the experience. Uh, And if you saw their paychecks... um, then I mean, you wouldn't feel as, <laughs> as, as wrenched of heart. Yeah. And plus Morgan Freeman just got to hang around and eat uh, lobster in, in a j- really nice jail cell. So, because that's how prison works. The smarter you are, mm-hmm. it just lets yeah. you have a nicer cell. Mm-hmm. Very clear hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Very clear. Very clear. Okay. Question numero dos. Feel very Scott Rogowski right now. Um, you got to play that. Sorry. Go. 
Yeah. No, is uh is have you seen McGruber? I've seen the starting tight end for Texas play in a movie, but I, I don't Texas, know if that was the name. Oh, of it. well, you know what? You just failed. Because Aaron Schobel? Yeah, it's not the starting <laughs> tight end for Texas. It's the starting tight end for Texas El Paso. UTEP. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I, McGruber took me a while to get into because I didn't know what they were doing at first. And then after seeing Last Man on Earth, that really like helped me understand mm. the movie. But sure. That movie is incredible, and the the camera action in that movie is underrated. How how yeah, it's really well shot because it's a ridiculous movie, but then the camera action is also equally ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yorma, definitely shout out Yorma. Yeah, shout out Big Yorms, um, Jay Sandwich. Um, so anyway, here we are. We're talking Molly's game. Um, before we get into thoughts on the film, uh, so for those of you who don't know, VIP members, um can select the movie to come on and review with us and it's always interesting to see what people choose so i'm curious josh uh mr schwacky uh yes, sir. Uh, why what why molly's game was this was this something are you just a, are you a sorkin fan are you a molly's game was choice number two <laughs> i was okay. very excited for ready player one but that had uh, been long since poach yeah uh, yeah I was very excited about Aaron Sorkin's first direction debut because I, I feel like it's a pretty often cliche that the first movie you direct is the best one you direct. Um, and I was really, I've been very um, impressed with his writing on the West wing on social network. The opening scene of the newsroom is one of the greatest opening pilot scenes ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was very excited to see how he would handle the added responsibilities because it seems like he has a very, he has a very clear aptitude for understanding scenes and understanding how to create tension and emotion with actors. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So you were just, it was, it was a curiosity and a, and a fanship that brought you to I'm a sucker for a poker movie. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. My favorite poker movie is, uh, is Airbud straight flush. (laughs) (laughs) When he, when he joins the WSG, yeah. Norman Chad's cameo in that is really incredible. It's weird that it's rated R too, but it's a hard R too. Yeah. It's yeah. a hard R. He, well, you know, poker, any professional gambling, it leads you to a certain lifestyle. Yeah. And I thought him airbud on that Coke binge outside when, he's, right. when I mean, he has to leave Vegas, when he's kicked out of right. Vegas and he's just in Reno, like the bad side of Reno and airbuds just, you know, <laughs> and that, that was, I thought necessary and added pathos to the character. Mm. Yeah, you got to be organic. You know, it's got to be authentic and yeah, really. Uh, I don't want to say humanizes the dog, but yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, Canines, yeah. <laughs> Um, great, cool. So uh, let's get into it. I'll I'll throw it over to my main man Kent first. Yo, uh, for kind of general thoughts on the uh, the film at large. Like, uh, were you were you psyched for this? Were you just mad on this? And and did it exceed or disrupt disappoint in your expectations? Yeah, man, it uh, it kind of flew under the radar to me, uh, to be honest. I heard about Molly's Game. I knew Jessica Chastain was doing this, but I, I for some reason, the Sorkin factor flew under the radar for me, and I didn't realize, A, he was writing it, and B, he was directing it for some reason. I just knew that the movie was coming out, but I didn't pay attention to, to who was doing it. So that piqued my interest a little more, but also I was a bit nervous because, uh, again, it is somebody's directorial debut, and we've seen people that are very talented at other aspects of filmmaking, but not necessarily directing. That's its its own thing. You are literally in charge of everything. So 
not everybody has the uh, aesthetic that some others do. Uh, I think he has a good eye for it. I think he has the Aaron Sorkin eye for it. It's what you would expect from Aaron Sorkin on a general sense. Um, to me, this one was way Sorkin-y. Maybe it was just so in your face Sorkin-y because it was him directing it. And I knew it. But to me, I didn't really get lost in his dialogue like I usually do. And uh, I didn't really get uh, uh, swept away by the pace of it all like I usually do. Uh, to me, this mm. one was a lot more talky than I expected or wanted it to be, uh, generally, I guess. Uh, we can get into specifics later. But um, to me, this was this was a hard sell uh, for the subject matter because poker is very hard to follow, regardless of if you're Aaron Sorkin trying to tell it to somebody, then if you're uh, even trying to tell somebody the rules or anything. So you have to be very familiar with poker to begin with to be really into this movie and that's fine. And I enjoyed it from that, that little, I think some of the best scenes in the movie are, are the, uh, the poker scenes and how they were, those were shot and, 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 uh, the story was told with the narration and everything there. Um, but to me, uh, it's encouraging to see that he has the eye for it, but I still think his forte is going to be screenwriting. I wouldn't say just drop the, drop the pad and, and focus on directing. Like I would tell Jordan Peele to do or something like that, or Greta Gerwig, but, um, I think he, he's got potential, but to me, generally, I was very surprised when I found out this was going to be Sorkin and, um, I guess very kind of meh on it, uh, to say the least. Um, uh, but we'll get into specifics, of course, but Brian, general thoughts on Molly's game. When did you see it? And, uh, and all of the questions that Richard posed earlier. Yeah. I feel like I saw this movie like two months ago. It was prior to our like best and worst of the year and, and several other movies now at this point. Um, Sorkin, I love Sorkin. I love his writing. I love, he's got that kind of, you know, I, I always appreciate when you can walk in and out of a movie or a TV show or whatever, be like, Oh, that was, that was definitely this guy or this girl because of just the style. His, his style is so unique and, and it's, it's, it's just very, everything he does is very Sorkin-y and, uh, and I, and I kind of like that. Now that also lends itself. Yeah, I'm to cool s- with people having their own style. I don't know why we crap on that. I, yeah, no, uh, there's something to be said for somebody who can do, who can be varied and do different types of things and yada, yada, yada. And that's great. All that's great, but it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to have your own personal style to be, you know, unique and, uh, kind of true to what you do well. And that's, I mean, he definitely, he owns that corner, that kind of fast talk, fast walk, Oh yeah, uh, very in- intelligent commentary, but also I think he deserves a great deal of credit through his shows and movies of, um, taking intelligent commentary and, uh, and making, and I don't know, kind of bringing down the elitism of the stuff that he's trying to get across. Yeah. And I, and I think yeah, that's, definitely. that's a skill that a lot of people could could pick up on could really take from you 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 know you you may not ever be able to write in a way that aaron sorkin writes from a Mm -hmm. from a pacing standpoint stuff but um there's there's a lot to be said for taking very like west wing for example of taking very complex political thoughts and ideologies and boiling them down to a three-minute monologue that is um you a you can that's it's it's entertaining and fun to watch but b is also um not going to leave a good chunk of the people who are watching out in the lurch, like, what is he talking about? I, it's, it's a skill that he it doesn't insult you. It doesn't yeah, insult you. Yeah, his dialogue. Totally, totally. So he's great at that. Um, 
I think this movie would have been better served if it was directed by somebody else. Uh, yes. But that's hey, but that's first time directors yeah. to me. Like it's it's I don't I don't think there was anything necessarily wrong with the direction of of this movie. Mm. I just think it was more it was pretty it was ho hum in places that it was very average on the directing side of things. That if if you put an, a more experienced director in the chair, you probably get. Uh, a little bit of a tighter movie, but certainly better shots. I don't think he's, I don't think he really knew what to do with the camera at all uh, <laughs> compared to, uh, you know, good directors or, or more experienced directors. But I also didn't walk away thinking, man, I hope he never directs another movie. I don't, I don't want to see it. I, it was, it was fine on that front to me. And it, and if anything beyond the camera stuff, which again was not, I, to me, wasn't bad. It was just very, very average. Um, and that's something that, maybe the average viewer isn't even going to notice but to me the the big thing may be that if you have a, a if you have a different director who's not um as emotionally invested to all the material that's been written for the movie then you get a little less precious with like keeping scenes in that probably should have objectivity and stuff like that and so that's that that would have been great i thought jessica chastain was really good she that's it's tough it is really tough to work with that pacing and to keep up with it and to feel like she's doing um, everything she needs to be doing. It was a little jarring to me seeing her and Idris Elba uh, doing the Sorkin bit because I'm yes. just so yes. accustomed to like the Bradley Whitford's of the world and the Alice and Jake, like people <laughs> who are more um, character actor driven type people to be do- delivering those lines and and doing that sort of stuff. So it was it was a little bit odd, but I thought she handled it really well. She was she gave a very solid performance. Uh, you know, I love. I think you're right, Kent. The poker scenes were probably the best of anything in the movie. Yeah, and poker is is uh, oddly fascinating on film if you do it if you can do it right. Uh, and I don't know that there's not like a whole bunch of movies that have done it right there's not a huge it's not like a huge subgenre of movies is, is poker movies but um i always find it very interesting i definitely i definitely left uh texting my friends of like we've we got to get a poker game together because it's been a while since i've yep. since i played yep. and so, so that was cool but yeah look i i liked the movie it was i think i had it like right at the bottom of my top 25 of the year and uh i it was there's there's definitely things that could have been better that could have been done a little a little tighter and whatnot. But to me, the for the most part, it it flowed really well and it felt uh, like a decent enough for a you know directorial debut combined with a, a really good script and and a couple of really good performances. Back to you, Richard. No, absolutely. I think <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird movie, and I'm 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 not going to go on too long because I really want Josh's take on it, but. I think uh, it's 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 bizarre because s- scripting wise, and I'm fine. Like I was saying, I mean, yeah. If everyone just does, if everyone doesn't have their kind of tropes, then everyone just makes the same. You know, then we just have like every movie is a Ron Howard movie, and and <laughs> everything's by the book, and it's right. it was, yeah. And, well, director wise, but I just mean, but so I'm fine with the kind of Sorkin-y, uh flares that he has and the kind of over dialogue and the people talking the, the like no one is, talks. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. The thing about his dialogue is that everyone's like, man, he writes such, it's such realistic dialogue, but nobody talks like that. There's not one uh or but or stutter in any sentence of the entire movie. There's not, I, I mean, 
it's fun. just I people mean, yeah. saying things that are so they they know exactly what they're going to say. They pronounce it pronounce it uh, uh, perfectly every single time, and I'm sure it's it's him as a perfectionist saying, "Say the line. This is the line. Say it like it's on the page," you know. And uh, and that's Aaron Sorkin, and that's that's great. But that it, for me, it was the it was just so much of that all the time that I feel like maybe the other directors, like for example, David Fincher. Uh, he's been known to take Sorkin and himself and then mix in Trent Reznor, right? Maybe it's that combination of the score and like being able to break it up a little bit more and let it breathe a little bit more that works with other directors. And maybe he's just so into himself in this where it's just where there's not somebody talking, there's narration. That's where I, for me, it was just a little too much was when you're stacking so much, so much on, on, on yeah. it. I mean, this, this had to be a 250-page script. I mean, good grief. But the and amount that, of I'm sure that's, is crazy. I'm sure that's why he directed this script, because yeah. it's certainly not his best script, but it's kind of, in the in a way, the most Sorkin-y. And so that's... Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. It's like, yeah, no one talks like that. Also, no one flies spaceships across the galaxy. Like, I don't know why so many people draw the line. I'm not saying you're doing that, Camp, but mm-hmm. some people just draw the line there. <laughs> and they're like, well, it's not realistic. I'm like, no movie is realistic. It's fine. You know, it, I, sometimes it's great when people have really realistic dialogue. I love that. But sometimes, like flight of fancy and imagining that we all talk very eloquently is is I don't mind that, and I if it, it, it to me it's a flourish of his that's definitive and of him, and I I don't know why like he gets he gets crapped on for overdoing it because you know J J Abrams loves lens flares and it you yeah. know that's fine like you know what I mean like everyone's got their thing otherwise we're all just doing the same thing but but that's and that's the point I wanted to make Ken I think this I mean this is a really almost television level directed. Um, film there's no real kind of flair on that and i'm i'm sure because the script was just so layered with sorkinism that he maybe just really wanted to own this all the way through and experiment that with that and see what that's like um did he direct i don't know did he direct any episodes of west wing i'm sure he did right he had to have at some point um i'm looking it up i'm not okay. sure so i mean I, to me that's that's kind of what this he did not he never this did his, yeah just the so writer and, and a lot of a lot of cocaine during those days. It may have been really hard for him to direct at that point. Same yeah. TBH. Um, so so uh, yeah. So to me, it was just kind of an interesting experience. It, it worked really well in some parts, uh, but definitely an uneven film. But uh, also, I, don't, I just I know you guys do, and I love uh the i've loved jessica chastain and some stuff but i don't find her like universally great in everything like she's kind of an up and down actress to me and so i don't always find her what are her downs for you Mm, let me see let me look at her filmography because i'm always not i'm not always excited to uh see her like somewhere and i I, it's not that i haven't liked her i mean zero dark 30 obviously what was she in last year that was getting a bunch of miss sloan miss sloan yeah no i didn't see that i didn't see that Miss Sloan and um, Crimson Peak was meh on her front. Oh, she was in that. That uh, the Huntsman movie, which you know, that's one of those where you're like, you can't really. Yeah. Do it. That's not her fault. But it, oh yeah, no, totally. Movie. She to me, she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't always carry. Like even in even in The Martian, she's just okay to me. Um, she's just okay to me. Well, it's in, huge in, in that. In, one, in, yeah, to me, she's no, a, she's a lesser Amy Adams. Yeah. Interstellar, she's I Murph's fine, but like I just a lot of actresses could have played that part. Too. I, you know what I mean? Like to me, I don't. Uh, yeah. She's I'm kind of up and down with her about a performance. Say again. 
there's nothing unique about her performance. Yeah, she's to me, she's like just a yeoman actor. Like she does good work. I, I I never dread seeing her, but she's not someone always that I'm like, oh, Jessica Chastain is in this. She's going to carry this all the way through for me, no sure. matter what. Um, she doesn't have like total movie star credibility, and this is kind of a a kind of a movie starry role. Like you know, I I think probably Julia Roberts plays this if it's made 20 years ago or something. Yeah, 100. Um, yeah. percent Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just it's it's a uh, I don't know. But uh, Idris is great, um, but we'll we'll get into specifics. But let's hear let's hear Josh's kind of overall viewpoint on on Molly's game before we get into specifics. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I was incredibly excited for this movie. It had a great uh, great guy that writes scripts. It had a uh, first time director. It had Jessica Chastain, Idris Alba, uh, who should definitely be the next James Bond. By the way. Um, yeah. and I was very excited for it. I love the poker aspects. I, every time I watch rounders, I immediately have to go play poker. <laughs> if it's my friends or online or somewhere, I was like, okay, no, I need to go gamble something. I need to go, <laughs> go all in. Uh, but I was incredibly disappointed by this movie. I didn't like, there was, I laughed maybe three times. Uh, I was constantly trying to understand what kind of movie was kind of be. It was going to be. It had this like schizophrenic energy to it, where it wanted to be something in one scene, and the next scene it was a complete different type of movie. Um, and I was just incredibly disappointed by the the pacing of the movie and the direction of the movie. I I I'm a lot lower on it than than you guys are. It sounds like, but uh, mm-hmm. I was just perhaps, but I was just not prepared for how incomplete of a movie it it felt like to me. Do you feel like if it was somebody else at the helm, you would have you would have been down? Was that where it uh, where it fell off for you? Was with the aesthetic, or was it the script itself that you were you weren't on board from the beginning? I think the script and the direction were were both problems for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I felel like there wasn't necessarily a cohesive story, and as we we'll get into specifics later, but the the dual narrative of the, all the flashbacks and whatnot was just dragged for me so much they didn't yeah. meld with the rest of the storyline at all to me that was just it just was so jarring to have to go into those and then go back and forth and back and forth and there was really good directors can or editors perhaps i don't know necessarily mm-hmm. but they can they can meld those two ends of seams together very well in a very artful manner and this just felt like chop 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 it just I, I have written in my notes over and over again like this is so choppy this doesn't connect together the pacing the tension doesn't doesn't match any well with the previous scene at all yeah that that's what i was kind of alluding to earlier with with uh, in regards to the pacing uh let's get into specifics now though let's hit spoilers we're done with general yeah. thoughts we've given you 20 plus minutes of general <laughs> thoughts so go see molly's game before the oscars i think it's up for a few awards and uh and I think uh, it we'll got that. Adapt, uh, screenplay. I think it got a. I think, I think it got mm-hmm. one or two, yeah. one or uh, maybe a yeah, a couple of awards. So, um, good. All right. So, spoilers now. Specific talk. Uh, the double narrative. You're referring to the Kevin Costner narrative mixed in with uh, her. <laughs> I have a specific note in. I have a specific note that says Kevin Costner equals Kevin Costner. There is, it felt like he was playing every single role he's ever played before. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, and it's not necessarily bad because I enjoy Kevin Mac, Costner. No matter but... what, <laughs> the fact that he didn't train any draft picks in this movie was a little disappointing, but uh, I got over <laughs> it's it. Not every role, yeah, it's not the Sonny Weaver. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> iconic. I mean, it's iconic. The, gosh, the Sonny career defining. I think is a better statement. Right. Career yeah. defining. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, I hated introduction, the the narration about sports cliches. That was yeah. just I was like I I tuned out instantly. I was like, oh my god, really? We're just we're starting with an introduction about narratives about uh, cliches about sports athletes. That that drove me insane right off the bat. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired of the trope of we're doing a movie about. Uh, investments or banking in some way, and we're going to involve crazy drug use plus narration. Uh, just the Wolf of Wall Street, the, the big short kind of movie that seems to be popular right now, I just, maybe that's what I'm fatigued by. Not necessarily it's Sorkin or or Chastain or the combination of anything. Maybe it's just this, I feel like I've seen this movie five times already. Maybe that's mm. it. Is it. Did y'all get any of that? Did this remind you of anything? Uh, that you might have. I mean, obviously, the, the obvious comp is like Rounders or something like that. And Twenty One, uh, remember that one with the narration <laughs> oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah, the, the narration. Movie. Yeah, for sure. Or that's well, Twenty One's the Blackjack movie. Blackjack but, uh, with a uh, Spacey. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, the Jeff Ma biopic, which that we were all yeah. craving. <laughs> um, where they they make him no longer Asian and make him uh, what's his name? Never the guy from Jim that Sturgis. we hate. Jim Sturgis, <laughs> noted Asian American. What's that? I immediately knew who you were talking about. Was who's that? That guy with that we hate, Jim Sturgis. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> How's he not in a Now You See Me yet? He's be perfect. Um, so yeah, it, it there's it's definitely super derivative of of other kind of like, and this is how I lost my way in X gambling. Uh, but that's things, not but, bad if you have a no, fresh take on it. Totally. And they're all based on the same kind of confessional books. So I get that's how, that's why yeah. they all are derivative like that. I think that's what attracted Aaron Sorkin to this more than anything is that uh, when I was watching, I was like, he got really excited about the idea of telling a story and a story and a story. So he's telling the story about this real person who was then telling her story, but then there's also another layer of deceit behind it. I feel like he saw that and he's like, that's that's challenging. That's challenging right. to me. Like I could like sure. write a script out of that. That's that's what I felt like most watching that. I was like, he's like, this was like a mental exercise for him that got made into a movie. Yeah, it's like I'm writing a movie about a girl who wrote a book, but she's in the movie talking about herself writing the book. Cool. And it's like five layers of reality that he has to immerse himself exactly. into. yeah that is he gets off on that type he's of like, stuff I, for he's sure. on section, and then he like was like i need to do, <laughs> I, need to, I need to do something like that maybe <laughs> that's, that's what it felt like to me it that's, that's why it doesn't it. come together maybe because there was yeah, you didn't yeah. i for me it took me a while to for to register my brain what was flashback what was currently happening and then Okay, so did she release the names of the people in the book yet, or did she not? Because she's talking about not doing it, but then she's getting yelled at for releasing the names. And I, I just, it, well, it was I hard to really hard to follow. I agree. What I drew from that was that she, there was a deposition that got leaked, and then only four names from her book were leaked. And that's what she wrote her book off okay, of. She's okay. like, okay, these are out of public domain anyway, so I'm going to make a little bit of change off this, but still remain in my integrity. I gotcha. Well, I can't say I'm dumber or smarter for seeing this. I mean, I I usually feel like it's an educational experience when I'm watching anything that Sorkin does, or like you said at the outset, Richard, that he has a a way of, or or Brian, one of you guys said, uh, is a way of making unapproachable topics very approachable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he did that in, in a general sense. 
uh, for poker. Do you think uh, that, I guess, he accomplished that goal at least? I do. I, I thought think he got that across. That stuff was fun. That was a lot of fun in those sequences. I loved me. when she was talking about, uh, you know, first she's the cocktail waitress or the girl that just keeps the books at the one party, but then break, she breaks onto her own and starts doing her own poker games. Mm-hmm. And then talking mm-hmm. about all the amenities that she had in her games, like she would order out food and get all this drinks with all these specific drinks and exotic, you know, waitresses there Absolutely. and everything. Yeah. I just love that. And the fact that it's based on real life is, is great. Uh, apparently the Michael Sarah character is, is, was, is widely known Tob- to be Toby Maguire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, really? Which is really that <laughs> it's pretty great shade to throw at Toby Maguire, who is a renowned a-hole to right. have <laughs> little tiny Michael Sarah play. Toby Maguire. <laughs> I, I thought like I, some Bill Simmons was going off on on Michael Sarah just how terrible he was as Toby Maguire and I was like I think that's the point but right. uh, that yeah. was the extra the layer was, of shade yeah yeah it was pretty great I thought it's so funny because there are lines in the movie from Chastain talking about player X and she's like people yeah. people would would put all in all day just to say they played with him. Like right, taking a ride on air force one. Like what bro is like, dude, you never know, man. Lost, lost 50 K to Toby Maguire last night. <laughs> like who's going to be like, dude, awesome. Like, <laughs> directly after Spider-Man two or yeah, what? It was yeah, like, like a one year period. Toby Maguire <laughs> from, from Spider-Man three, the emo kid or that, that guy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, it's just, you expect that to be like a really, prominent celebrity or somebody i don't know robert downey jr or somebody i don't know not toby Maguire. it's just right. a very underwhelming reveal uh when you find that out but i wish mm. i wish it was just michael Sarah when he was just this baller <laughs> poker player under <laughs> what if that's what's like Actually, why, him, why isn't he in movies more yeah, michael Sarah's great that's because he lives this life as a poker stud underneath uh, all that but uh that's hilarious but uh yeah i mean i enjoyed yeah, that i enjoyed the uh, realism of Sor- sorkin having authentic poker players as all the extras and in the background and everything. You can definitely notice when people are faking knowing about poker or playing poker. And it was very real from, uh, from that sense. And, uh, like yeah. I said, Ezer Selba was great. I didn't comment on his, his work, but, uh, not enough people talking about what he did in this movie. And I thought he was outstanding. Can I, can I comment on Ezer Selba for a second without yeah. getting everybody riled up? Can, can he keep his accent? straight just one one he did in this movie he, it was english no he didn't no, no he didn't every time he, no, he didn't. every time he got to uh like when he was at a normal level it was fine and it was great and look i i'm not gonna i i won't overly pick on anybody for accent work because i at the end of the day i don't i don't really care but we <laughs> i don't i don't know like i love idris elba but we act like idris elba is i don't know Peter O'Toole or something like this is one of these great, <laughs> incredible uh, actors who just never drops a line and, and kills it. And every time his voice <laughs> came up, you, he, he was, he was dropping his R's every single time he, he, you could hear, you could hear the British on the end of, of like almost every line of dialogue he had whenever he it's wrote, him, whenever man. his, his voice yeah. came up and it's like, again, yeah. I, I'm not, yeah, I heard that it's too. not that I think it's that big of a deal because I, I don't really care. I'm like, I'm on like things like Kevin Costner in uh Prince of Thieves and uh what's the, the cruise one where he in Valkyrie things like that. Like, I don't, I super don't care when it really comes down to it, but I just, that it, every single time, 
And then it feels like we're just not allowed to point out like, hey, he can't, he can't, he he can't hold his accent. Sometimes that- it kind of works, like in Prometheus, where he's his kind of his outlaw space pilot guy, and he's like smoking and doing this weird accent. It works, but in this, yeah, you're right. It. Sure. I feel like when he was on The Office, he had a a good American accent. In yeah, that, that was the really wire. As Charles the wire Minor. One was. Well, the wire was solid. And the wire. Solid. I don't. I don't yeah. remember his accent. Uh, being yeah being jarring in that um if you go back and watch the office though too there's there's moments in that where you can you feel like like why is he is he all oh, right he's british yeah, it's, it's almost like a little of, bit like a you list. Feel, it's like he's saying yeah, three words at a time I, kind of a thing it's a very yeah. i'm not i'm not dogging him it's a very minor complaint it just seems like like we're just not allowed to bring it up that, he, that happens with me happen. sometimes it's like certain things hit your ear too like that happens with me a lot with christian bale mm. even though i think he's great uh obviously but um Sometimes I I can kind of hear he does this like pretentious uh uh like uh you know the waspy Nicole voice to like yeah. revert to yeah and, and transatlantic kind of to talk yeah, like exactly. this if you don't know how to talk in English you've got to you got to <laughs> yeah. that's Nicole Kidman's entire career it's based on this type of voice talking <laughs> every trailer go sorry the hours no you're fine you're fine. I, uh, I, Sorry, go, go, no, go ahead, Josh. Please, by all means. I was just about to throw to you. I, uh, I, that was my biggest problem with Idris Alba was when he was doing the Sorkin dialogue, when he was doing that quick back and forth. <laughs> he was when talking? him and oh. uh, <laughs> 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 when him and Molly are in his office and he's going like back and forth and they're discussing like all these like quick concepts right away and like when he when the dialogue gets quick. That's when I noticed it too. It it's it felt. I made a note that like it felt weird hearing Aaron Sorkin's words come out of him because like that's I could definitely tell that it was just like he was reading dialogue. It didn't it didn't feel authentic to his character at all. It 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 was a funny. Uh, you you spoke of uh, a lack of humor, but there was a funny moment to me where Sorkin kind of pokes fun at himself. And when they're in the office, Idris Elba and Jessica Chastain, and they're sitting there talking, they're having this intense dialogue and. Jessica Chastain just goes, uh, can you hear me? I feel like I'm sitting really far away from you. The <laughs> office is like that huge, was great. and he's like, yes. And then they just keep going with the with the scene. That was great. I, I liked that. that one. So, um, yeah, there was some fun the, uh, moments the court like scene, The court scene where they, he keeps switching back and forth with his security guard was amazing, though. That was that was the first like real laugh I had in the movie. He's like, switch with me. Switch with me. So you're sure you didn't do it? Switch with me. Right. That was that was fantastic when they kept switching back and forth. Right. Yeah. As he gets older, as a writer, I find that his his best stuff is always the most comedic. You know, I don't really think of him as a straight up comedic writer, but the best moments of the newsroom were the funny moments, right? Um, and so, it, I, so the movie like this was a little bit disappointing in terms of like uh, not as much of that, but the stuff that hit hit pretty well. I thought. Um, Same here, Brian. Do you have any other? any quarrels or nitpicks and specifically uh, before we, we go into kind of what the, what, what the point of this movie perhaps was. <laughs> no, I look, I, most of my things, again, I said at the outset, it, it seems I'm less down on the direction as much as I just felt like it was, it was average. It was something that could have been done by, you know, we talk a lot about actors who could, or an actresses who could be replaced by like kind of a wins above replacement level player, you know, an actor, like anybody could have slid into this role and it would have been fine. I think the same thing here for the direction. I, I didn't think it was excessively bad beyond some of the editing that needed. To, there's a few scenes that just could have been cut. 
down or cut out completely. The the sequence with her on the ice rink um, was <laughs> atrocious. I was I done was with the entire skiing and all that. After yeah. she has the accident and she's like, and that's how I got into the poker game. And from yeah. then on, it needed to be all that. You don't need to keep flashing back to her childhood ski jumping. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And, and the whole, like the ice, the ice rink mm-hmm. in, uh, in New York was, that was awful. That really needed to be cut. Um, I, I, Kevin, I'm a fan of Costner and, and you're right, Josh. Like he, he basically just Costners and everything. And that's, <laughs> that's fine. Like I have no problem that's with why it. We watched Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's fine. Uh, but but generally, I like seeing him on screen. I thought the sequence with him right after that terrible ice rink thing with him, like talking to her oh, about, on the bench. Yeah, I dug it. I thought it worked really well. Like it felt he felt really? at home in uh-huh. uh, he felt at home in Sorkin dialogue there. I thought he he nailed that. Now, you can make uh-huh. you can make an argument that that sequence uh, doesn't isn't necessary for the for the movie. If you oh, went I back will. and and cut out uh, all the you know the back and forth and the story within the story and the flashbacks and all that. That'd be fine with me. But if you're going to keep it in, I thought that scene was really strong and was like Kevin Costner. That's where you say, oh, that's why we spent an extra two mil to get unknown actors because he's here to deliver this uh, this scene and this this monologue and stuff. And I, I thought it worked really well. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, the one thing that was really bothering me as well was the score. I, I, the, the score was from middling to um, missing for a lot of the movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like a lot of really important scenes that could have been made even better with a nice score just didn't have any music, and then scenes that didn't need it, it was just kind of meh. That really bothered me. And then and that uh, always, there's a couple of moments. Sorry. No, that always happens a lot of times. Those people that come, I always notice that people that come from like the playwriting world. Whenever they direct, like that's just something they never think about when you're like when you're Sorkin, right? People that come from more of the filmmaker tradition, they think in terms of more of a score. Uh, in terms of score, I always notice that playwrights, whenever they make movies, they always have terrible right. Scenes. Like Tarantino is all he thinks about the score so much, but you you would think Sorkin would rely. He'd be like, "Man, I got my dialogue. I'm good. I'm Sorkin. Like he thinks he's a ride or die on on the what's on the page. I mean, I." That's where I'm torn on this because what's on the page is good, but could have been could have been so much better. So it's mm-hmm. going to be tough to grade this this one out. Are you guys ready to hit grades? Any other thoughts on this? Uh, I would like to address that scene that, yeah. that Brian liked. I, I thought that was just so heavy handed. With uh, are, you, are you talking like about the one where he's like uh, talking to Molly about the, you knew why? Session. Yeah, uh-huh. you knew why. Yeah. Uh, I know why you treated me like that because you knew about my external affairs or Mm -hmm. all that. Okay. Yeah. No, that didn't work for me. And also the scene at the dinner table where he's like, don't you talk disrespect me at the table like that young lady, (laughs) that scene that didn't work for me either in the beginning. Oh, and just sorry, real quick. Can we discuss how weird it was that there's a dad videotaping his daughter in a bikini when she's like 15? (laughs) That was what was was going on with like the young Jessica Chastain reality. So, like, I think that's a real thing. I think that's, that's why fine. That's You're wearing yeah. a shirt in that shot, and I feel a lot yeah. more comfortable. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, why is she in this floor bikini? And she's 15, and it's just her and her dad. Like, oh, what's going on? Here? Going on. I was like so weird out by that. That, mm-hmm. that took me out of the movie completely. Um. Okay. What were you gonna say? What were you gonna comment on that? Um. Scene, Josh. Oh, 
it was so weird because when he does the reveal, she said, you know, he does the re- spoilers. He does the reveal. is like, oh, you want to have power over powerful men. That's why you've created this game. That's why you've created this dynamic, why you've created this role and persona for yourself. And I was like, right away, I was like, oh my gosh, that like, I didn't catch that at all. And that's embarrassing because I have a psychology degree in my life. And, uh, <laughs> and it was, I was like, oh, wow, like, that's cool. But then a minute later, she's like, no, that's not it at all. And I was like, Oh, well, that kind of like took away from the thunder of that moment Mm -hmm. and just him coming into it being not a character in the movie at all, really, until that point. Like, yeah, there's the flashbacks, you know, they show him as being overbearing. He's more of a cliche in the flashbacks than anything else. Like she she alludes to an alliance where she goes, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I had an overbearing dad like every other Olympic athlete out there, you know, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was so weird to have him come in and be this like giant pivotal scene in the movie where characters motivations are revealed and you under you see her develop as a character and kind of see her open up for the really for the first time in the movie you know is she starts cracking when when she has all the drug addiction and when she gets robbed and whatever by the the mob guy but have this scene be so powerful and emotional with a character that's not really been it's been introduced but it's not an integral part of it which it's kind of jarring to me to have kevin costner come in and she's like hey here he was, it felt mcguffany to me more than anything sure. else and that really bothered me yeah, kind of was. It was the crutch of the story. Was the uh, the father daughter thing? And uh, what would you guys? Can I ask you guys a question? What would you guys categorize this movie as? If you had to put it into a genre, what what genre would it go into? I would put uh, it as cable movie drama. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would Fair. put this. I would see this on TNT. It was one of those movies. It's it's uh yeah. I would put I'd categorize it as drama, maybe autobiographical drama. Okay. What about you, yeah. Josh? I, I, well, I want to hear Brian's thought first, so I can pick yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't, though, so. <laughs> it's a drama comedy. I mean, it's it's it falls in line with all of, the, to me, with all the, the Sorkin-y sort of bits. So it's 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 I, more drama than comedy, but I, I had more laughs with it than uh, than you did, clearly. So, you know. It's, well, I, had, I had quite a few laughs. It was just maybe... Uh, they didn't last as long for sure, but <laughs> I, I, that was the biggest thing I kept thinking throughout the movie was what kind of movie are, are they telling? What kind of story are they telling here? And I guess drama, but I never felt like the tenseness of the drama. I maybe it was like an, oh, like a very slow build that took the entire length of the movie yeah. to do perhaps, to but I just like, never that's felt like I with could... biopics. Like this is basically a biopic and that that's how I typically feel with, with the biopic is like the drama is not, necessary is not really there so much as i don't know like the the drama of the setting is there in a way i can i ask you guys one more sorry i i'm sorry if i'm dragging this along but can i ask you guys one more question what um uh this is a question that you guys raise on the show and i i always think about it all the time now is is this movie important for the actor if if they could they have been doing something better if they hadn't been doing this movie? Do you guys feel that way about this one? Yeah. Maybe not Jessica Chastain. Yeah, um, no. I, look, I, I think know. Jessica Chastain, in a, normal, in a normal year, she's getting an Oscar nomination for this. And so that I can't say that, that, that she's wasted on that. It's just she happened. Like, if this movie came out in 2016, Instead, if you just swapped this with Miss Sloan and had this this come out in 2016, Miss Sloan come out in sure. 2017, she almost definitely has an Oscar nomination for this role. It's just that 
this was an unusually strong, which is great, an unusually strong year for for lead actress roles with with uh, Hawkins and McDormand and and uh, Streep and on down the list. So no, I I think I think she did it. I think she acquitted or acquitted. She did a very good job within the role, and it, I can't say that she should have gone off and done something else. Maybe maybe you could say that for Idris Elba or something, but I you know sure. I think I think this was a pretty good. I'm big on that question, Josh. Like I'm big on that idea of, of kind of, um, (laughs) asset allocation and, and who, or who, who can, uh, who's, if you're wasting time of a, of an actor that I really like, that, that annoys me as much as, as anything else. And not, I, I, so I like that question, but I, I think this was a fine usage of, of her time and, and, uh, she was the right person for the role on top of that. For me, it's a, maybe a waste. It, not that it's even that bad, but it's like, like you guys talk about Sorkin as this sort of, uh, you know, great explainer. Maybe I might wish he would have Over spent tier. three yeah. three years of his life not thinking about celebrity poker games. You know, <laughs> so so maybe that's a waste of three years where he could have been doing something interesting in the political realm or this, you know, something that he could take his talents and and explain that be a little more fruitful. Like, like Ken said, I didn't really learn anything watching this and, and that's kind of undue pressure on Sorkin. I don't, you know, he's, he doesn't work for PBS. He's allowed to just entertain us, but you know, but Ken's right. Like you kind of expect to like feel smarter at the end of it. And on this, you're like, well, I know more about, um, ski jumping and, and, uh, and poker. And yeah, that's, that's about it. So I learned all I I needed to know from ski jumping from Eddie, the Eagle last year. Remember that one? Yeah. Dude, I saw that on a plane. Yeah, the preferred Richard uh, consumption of bad movies. That's Aaron Egerton, Hugh Jackman starring Eddie the Eagle, and Taron Egerton's accent. Yeah, wow, good times. All right, well let's uh, let's throw it to grades on this one, Uh, Josh. We will start with you, my friend. Um, Before I I get my grade, do you guys ever change your grades? Do you guys write initial grade down before you start the review, or do you kind of let the review inform your grade? We, uh, I, I may have changed a couple of them over the years. Like Brian or Kent will bring up a good point, and I'll go, you know what? I was maybe hard on this there. I'm stupid and I didn't understand it, so I'll bump this up to a minus to a regular a few times, but, and then, but then all the time things, the the time things grade the most. And it's just sort of the nature of the medium because you do it five days and and sometimes hours after you've seen these movies Mm -hmm. is you're hard or you're easy on something. And then it like um, six months later, you like it a lot more. You hate it a lot more. Yeah. Um, Yeah, That's when it changes. But over the course of an episode, not as much. Yeah. I typically, I typically come in with like a grade in mind and occasionally the discussion will, like Richard said, it'll bump up for like, like maybe I go minus. from an A to an A minus, maybe to a B plus, something like that. But I rarely am like, I loved this movie, and then by the end of the discussion, I'm just like, you guys are right, this is terrible or something. Like that. <laughs> no, there's, but, there's, I, but I'm, with, I'm with Richard too. I I change my grades over over time as well. Like I'll think back on even sometimes from like when we reviewed a movie to when we do like the you know end of the year episode or something. Man of Steel sure. is a great example of that where I think. I feel like Great we job. all graded yeah. that in like the B to C plus range. And then by the time we got to the end of the year, we all felt like that was much worse than what we initially graded on. Like that it just sat with us. And it, yeah. I just kind of, that one in particular was one that like, the more I sat with it, the more I was just like, I hated this. I hated that. I can't believe they did that kind of thing. And okay. that set the tone. 
board. So, my my yeah, grades. As a fan of the show, this is super fascinating. Well, my grades only ever get worse over time. I rarely <laughs> give a give a movie a C and then come back and be like, you know what, that was an A. I n- it never happened. You had that last year though, Kent. Well, Brian, what was that? Where you gave it mother. Yeah, mother. Yeah. You gave it a C and then it was in your top ten of the year. I so gave it a C. A C's a passing grade. I can, oh, give it, I can recommend it at a C. Yeah, I can I can recommend it at a C, but not think it's an A movie. If that makes sense. But uh, I I very rarely ever grade something uh, on the show. I will grade something out at a C, and then by the end of the discussion, I'm like, nope, F minus minus minus. Never want to talk about. It. <laughs> That's usually what happens. Is I'm like, oh, I'm sort of okay on it, and then by the time I've talked about it for an hour, I never want to hear about it ever again. And then I and then I uh, swipe. Uh, the old patent on it, uh, do the F minus minus minus. But thanks for being is on, man. For patent? Okay. Yeah, it is. It's it's a fee. Uh, it's a small well, negotiable fee, though. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you for answering that. I, I appreciate that, guys. Uh, I'm going to grade this thing. Uh, the grade I thought I was going to go lower after talking with you guys, but I'm going to stay right at the grade that I had coming into it was a, a C minus. Oh, that is lower. That is low. I am. Um, I'm going to B on this. It was a, uh, it was a movie I would watch again, but I'm not overly excited about watching it again. But um, doesn't doesn't end the uh, the book on on Sorkin as a director. I think he's got something, but he's just it's, oh, it's yeah. tough. It's tough. It, you stalled coming out of the gate a little bit, I guess mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. him. So yeah. that's my grade, just to be Brian. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, yeah, Brian, Richard. Uh, I'm going A minus. I liked it. It was a solid oh, nice. film. I would be happy to go back and watch it again. Kind of. Um, I think it. I think maybe we may be in five, ten years. We may after Sorkin's done a couple more films or done a TV series or something like that. We may say, hey, I can kind of see the uh, the basics of what was to come from him and the uh, in the director's chair. But a new uh, era. Overall, yeah, I really, yeah, totally. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, Richard, right. you. Well, yeah, I'm just going to grade it out. I I thought B. I wrote down B minus for this. I could sure. probably be persuaded down to a C plus. It's right in between there. Yeah, like eighty. Do it. I'd give like do an it. eighty um, if I were giving it a numerical grade. But I think I think it gets the B uh, from me just because I was I was entertained for a lot of this and enjoyed it. And that's that's the ultimate goal of these things. But uh, this mm-hmm. was fun, guys. I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed this. This was an interesting interesting one to talk about. Enjoyed yeah. having Josh yeah. on. Uh, what well, do you say? Guys. What do you say we uh we recommend some stuff? How's that sound, gang? Let's do it. Weekly recommends. Okay, then we shall recommend. Uh, we'll start with our guest. Ooh, thank you. I my recommend is a sort of a dual recommend this week, and uh, I believe the first part of it might be the first of its type on the show, as long as I've been listening to it anyway. I'm going to recommend a board game tonight. A board game, yeah. It, the board game culture is weird. It's it's really developed an incredible amount in the last ten fifteen years, and people have people our age anyway have perception of you know monopoly and juice and ladder and all that stupid stuff um, from growing up. And the board games out there today are just incredibly immersive, uh, mentally engaging, really fun. There's so many fun party games, tactical games, and whatnot. And the game I'm um, recommending tonight is from Asmati Games, released in 2010. It's called Innovation. It's a card-building game. Uh, you're dueling civilizations, and you go through the eras of achievement, and you try to build a better civilization than your opponents. And it's I, my friends brought it over for us to play, for me and my fiance to play uh, a month ago, and 
since then, I played 39 games of it because wow. I've been incredibly addicted to it. And it has four expansions that I haven't touched yet. And the base game by itself is incredibly fun because it has the hallmark of a good game to me is a game that allows the theme, the thematic elements of the game to influence the mechanics of the game. And this this game does a really good job of allowing the idea of civilizational progress to advance, but you could interact with different ages. So your castle can attack a, a printing press. And so that's very fun. Um, and the second part of my recommendation is a uh, website which you can play the game on. So if you don't want to spend the money to play the game, you can go onto this website for free and play the uh, play the game against a random people. You can play it in real time or you can play turn-based. So you say, I want to do three turns per day, and then you can do that. But the website's called BoardGameArena.com. BoardGameArena.com. And gotcha. you can play Innovation on there and play me, and you will win. So that's a good recommendation. <laughs> Well, I'm my feelings are a little hurt. I'm a shoots and ladders aficionado, and uh, <laughs> really, really depressed he has me. Every edition, I, I do. I, I own every copy uh, that exists. He has clue. He has clue shoots. Do you and have the end run edition? I do not. Oh yeah, I do oh, not. Wow, that, that's, that's Richard. That's if you hot. know, that's that's the uh, that's the pinnacle. It that's is the gold goose. It's, it that's is. It's the white whale. Yeah, <laughs> what's your uh, what's your recommend, Brian? Brian guy? Yeah, I'm gonna recommend a a series, a documentary series on Netflix that uh, I watched. I guess over Christmas break and just haven't had a chance to talk about. But I loved it. This is probably not up uh, Richard's alley at all, but it might be yours, Kent. It's called. I don't, you may have seen this. Have you seen? Uh, it's called The Toys That Made Us. It's a uh, um, four four part. I've seen I that on there, but I haven't watched it. Uh, I looked at it, and then I looked at all the episodes, and I think there was like maybe one or two that I would watch out of the eight, and I was like, maybe sometime. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's so there's four there's four episodes now, and there's supposed to be four more that come out sometime later this fall. Uh, the it's like the first one is about Star Wars, and the so it's it's all about these uh, <laughs> these toys and the like the merchandising and the the stuff that went into. So the Star Wars one is fascinating. It's really interesting and and a lot of fun. Uh, and mm. then it's, there's uh, there's one on Barbie, which was actually pretty interesting, and one on GI Joe, and one on He Man that was great. What's he Man one? one it's Amazon on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Netflix. It's four parter, and like I said, there's four more coming later this fall that are gonna be. I know they're gonna do one on Star Trek and one on I think Ninja Turtles, Ooh. and then I'm not sure what the other be, but it's really it's fun. Like the I'm I'm not a big fan of overproduction in documentaries. Like I I prefer just kind of a straightforward style so there's a little bit more of that than i would that i would like but uh but once it gets past these like kind of cheesy introductions to the stories and whatever um toy they're talking about in that episode there's a lot of really it's it's interesting and there's fun information are they so, speaking with like the designers of the toys yeah yeah, yeah. there's not mostly designers and some like collectors and stuff like that too but the, the star wars one is fascinating just because of the the stories about george lucas and the the back Ooh. and forth negotiations that went into with this deal, yeah with hasbro and uh or uh mattel and uh so that's that's worth watching the whole series for is just that stuff but the that's super fascinating it's a lot of fun so check check those out they're short i think they're all less than an hour long and and uh so if you're a if you're a star awesome. wars fan or or a a big uh toy nerd like myself uh it's definitely worth uh worth checking out it's, it's pretty good and so i'm looking forward to the uh the second series later this fall so that's my recommend kent what about you yeah uh that's a good recommend i 
think that's a fascinating culture. They need to do a show just about people's crazy collections of stuff. Why isn't that who hosts been a the thing? show? Mark Hamill. Why, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why hasn't there been a show like all of Pawn Stars about just people that have crazy amounts of like, oh, I have every Chewbacca like you. It's like I would want to see like these crazy things people collect out of. I thought Mark uh, Hamill did have a show about that. No? Did he really, Mark Hamill? Because he's a super huge collector. Like he loves. Oh, all that I stuff. mean, if they have, I thought, please I send it my way. If something. there's a show about. People's collections. I would binge yeah. the stuff uh, out of that. Mm-hmm. So um, my my recommend is a documentary that I saw. I think around Christmas time too. That I just haven't had a chance to recommend. Um, we mentioned it earlier in the show how important it can be, and uh, they made a documentary about it. It's called Score, a film music documentary, and this is a Ooh. documentary about film scores, and it's a uh, really well produced. Uh, I believe I saw it on Hulu, something like that. Yeah, maybe Amazon Video, something like that. And uh, it's worth your time. It's They interview a lot, the Hans Zimmers, the John Williamses of the world, oh, and really? just talk about how... Yeah, and they just talk about how important film scores are and how they're often overlooked and sort of how they've evolved over time and where they began. Uh, it was really strong. If you're a movie fan, obviously you're listening to the show. It's up your alley. So score a film music documentary. It's my recommend. You guys would like it too, Richard and Brian. Okay. Now uh, we will move to Richard's recommend before uh, wrapping up. I've got a quick one here. Uh, Kent, definitely up your alley uh, because you're a fan like I am. New Netflix special, Fred Armisen stand-up for drummers. The the Fred (laughs) Armisen stand-up special, which is exactly what you would think it would be. So (laughs) it's... So it's, uh, Kent, it's definitely Him awkwardly uh, playing tra- child's instruments on stage and quirky little glasses. He tries on, he tries on 12 pairs of glasses on stage for, I love Fred Armisen though. Too, Is it good? Too, Is it really good? Yeah, it's really good. I enjoy it. So I think you'll definitely, I don't know if it's for every one of the listeners, but I'm recommending it to you, Kent, because I think it'll yeah. make you giggle. Oh, good. I, man, still his comedians and cars getting coffee episode oh, is so strong where he's at the coffee show. oh that was so good um and <laughs> they brought that to netflix and i've had more people come up to me yeah. in the past month and be like man have you seen comedians in cars uh, it, they, all those episodes we'd all they had been on youtube and stuff but now that yeah, it's crackle. amazing that the crackle heads right <laughs> we're the only crackle heads we know <laughs> yeah it, it is it's funny when something goes to netflix how the masses discover it that's why i just made oh, yeah, gruber totally. i'm netflix with, i know set Gosh. the world ablaze like how has that not happened 50 times would you know. guys be willing to pay for uh an extra version of netflix that included director's commentaries Ooh, that's a good question uh if, if it was a, like an do- extra dollar a month. an extra dollar or two a month i would probably yeah yeah so I feel like that's the big thing that a lot of people miss out on. Is that I love the director's commentaries, like watching that. And I feel like if Netflix could do that, I would be willing to pay much more for that. I don't feel like they do those near as much anymore in in general sense. A lot of the movies I seek out to go buy that are newer movies, I look Baby for that Driver and they don't have two. it. It did? Weird. Yeah, it had a director's commentary and it had a cinematographer's commentary. Very strange. All right. Well, we will move on. And... uh wrap this thing up josh thanks for joining us thanks for being a vip thank you. most of all thank you guys for this show uh, from all the fans out there we we really appreciate listening to this Aww. and allowing 
to change our perception of cinema and make us go to the movie theater. <laughs> and it's 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 awesome to listen to you three friends banter back and forth every week. Thank you guys for doing the show. Th- thank you so much for being a VIP listeners. If you want to be a VIP, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP, sign up, and this could be you on the show. Okay, Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at BGL12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all the social media uh, at Richard Bard. You can find me at the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which we just released a new issue of uh, for February when we got some other fun stuff planned for March, some guest contributions. Josh, if you ever want to write a little movie review or something, we could always Ooh. throw that out to the masses. And uh, where can I find you? Are you any, are you a social media guy or no? Nope. That's how I like okay. it. All right. So we won't find Josh anywhere. He will stay in hiding. In, Gone in, in, in forever. Just in the abyss. We're done. <laughs> In the abyss. He lives underwater. Uh, Kent, where can I find you? You can find me online at Kent Garrison on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and all social medias. And please hit subscribe, tell a friend, join the Man Fam, become a VIP. And next week, I believe we're talking to Wedding Singer later this week for, for Valentine's Ooh. Day. Next week, what do we got? One more on the top? Phantom, Phantom, Phantom Thread. Th- Phantom Thread? Okay. Phantom Thread. Uh, is the movie I think that'll the be the last like full episode of a 2017 movie. Now we and, can totally uh, move into 2018. We might want we'll to get producer Steven on for that one. Might want to hit this uh, Hostels movie that's currently out too from Scott Cooper. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely Bill. want to see it. It's, uh, I've had several people recommend that one, so maybe look out for that too. But until then, and until next time, see you at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salad is red.